You're listening to Free Indeed Radio, the podcast from Free Indeed Ministries. Today on Free Indeed Radio. We take these little personal oaths that, well, I'm not going to be um, quick to, to have something to say about something. I'm going to be like them, and I'm going to try to act like that. And, and that all, again, becomes this, this horrible teeter-totter that you're definitely weighted against. And you're not going to, it's not going to flow very well. Mm -hmm. And now, here are your hosts, Brandon and John. Hello, welcome back to Free Indeed Radio. I'm Brandon. And I'm John. And we had an interesting conversation uh, not too long ago about oaths and promises that we make to ourselves, to other people, and to God. And... We're, we're just going to talk about that today. Right. I think it's a great topic because this can go so many different directions, but we're going to focus in on what we call personal oaths, uh, ones where we try to take control of a part of our lives and kind of make promises to ourselves that we're going to make things happen. So, uh, and yeah, like you said, we had a great conversation about that and uh, I think we should share the insights because I think we all do it and we can really break it down and and get really fine-tuned on, on what that really means. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. So what's an oath, I guess, is where we can start. That's the big picture. You know, the Bible talks about them, making promises to God. And uh, even in this world where we have grace, we don't need to make oaths. In fact, we were told not to. Because the, the promise that is from God to us, not us to him, that's religion, when we make it from us to him. Mm-hmm. And so where we start getting into our own personal lives is when we say something like, well, it, and it, let me just backtrack a little bit, it comes usually out of some sort of iniquity or, or issue with sin or, or a frustration with a part of us uh, that we don't want to be. So we're going to make a promise that I'm never going to be like that. You know, perhaps it's... Uh, an attitude uh, that we take in a certain circumstance. And we see a person who displays that, and we know that that's possibly in us, and we're like, well, I'm not going to ever be like that. I never want to be like that. I never want to look like that or sound like that. And that's kind of how we take a personal oath and control of that issue, and we forget to let it go, and we actually start to become the very thing we don't want to be. Right. Well, and the the first thing I think of is New Year's resolutions. Oh, good point. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm going to lose more weight or I'm going to eat this way or, you know, I'm going to find a new job or whatever it is. We we make these resolutions in ourselves that I am going to do this. And then we automatically put all that in our own strength. By saying, I am going to do this. Right. And it fails. I don't know. I, I literally have not met somebody who has kept a New Year's resolution beyond like, it's a new year and this week I want to talk to my dad or something, like you know, something. Yeah. Something small and silly like that. So. I think they say the longest is like three months or something. Right. <laughs> so we don't, we don't have a whole lot of strength. Uh, in ourselves 
to really get anything done, mm-hmm. you know, uh, especially if we make a promise to ourselves to do something or become something. Mm-hmm. And I think that along the same lines as those resolutions, that's exactly where we're going with this, is that a lot of times these things come out of a desire to become either unlike the person who said it or maybe even like the person who has said something or done something that we do not represent. You know, so the mind takes that as, well, I want to become like that person, so I'm not going to be who I am. And so we take these little personal oaths that, well, I'm not going to be um, uh, quick to uh, to have something to say about something. I'm going to be like them, and I'm going to try to act like that. And and that all, again, becomes this, this horrible teeter-totter that you're definitely weighted against, and you're not going to... It's not going to flow very well. Mm-hmm. And like I said, when we began, a lot of times it comes out of some sort of an iniquity uh, or or perhaps an un... Um, like what? Unresolved sin, if you will, uh, that we might have. Like an anger issue. You know, we have an, if I have an anger issue, but then I commit to myself that I'm not going to be angry, I become more angry. Mm-hmm. Or I become more isolated or something else, and then I get angry with that. Mm-hmm. And then as a Christian in our walk, whenever we're holding on to those things, where does God have room to work with that? Because he's not going right. to force us to let it go. The, the neat thing about it is if you find yourself in that position, that's, you, you need to recognize that. I think we need to recognize it as the Holy Spirit showing you what he's getting ready to work on in you to improve in your life, to heal in your life, to, to bring in, into submission to the Lord so that you can live even more blessed. But too often, I think people take what they see or what the Holy Spirit reveals, and then they try to hold on to it or change it themselves. Again, mm-hmm. that personal oath. And then Holy Spirit's got to back off and go, well, when you're done wrestling with this, I'm here to help. That's why I started this conversation. Well, right. And when you're not having grace for yourself, yeah, you, you can't have, well, at first you can't have grace for other people. I mean, well, that's not necessarily true either because we can have grace for other people and not have grace for ourselves right? because we don't feel like we deserve it. But, <clears throat> you know, I, I can be that way. But um, having stopping these uh, oaths is as having grace for yourself, like having grace for yourself to be okay with where you're at and letting God do the work, and not taking like you were saying, not taking that change into your own hands. Um, I don't know. It's it's a, it's a slippery. It's I mean, it's easy to say. Well, just have grace for yourself. Right. But we have so many factors, you know, Galatians 5, 6, uh, 5.16, you know, the flesh and the spirit are at war with each other, mm-hmm. and they're doing so, so that you, you can't achieve, do what you want to do. <laughs> right. Um, so, I don't know. It's, well, how about forgiveness? It kind of starts there, doesn't it? Because if it comes out of an iniquity or a sin, then we need to understand that we've been forgiven and not... Um, just leave that outside. We have to know that we've forgiven ourselves, that, that the Lord has really forgiven us. It's easy to see and forgive other people mm-hmm. and to forgive, and that sort of thing is easier than to forgive ourselves. And I think that's where you're going with that. The, um, it is a difficult 
because we're talking about it for ourselves now. And we have to take the time to talk to God and to speak openly with who God has put in our lives, on our timeline, like you and I, Brandon, and we can speak openly about, I need forgiveness for this, or uh, I'm not able to let this go, or whatever it is. You know, mm-hmm. we've, we've had a lot of conversations like that, you know, letting go of, of our own self uh, uh, dissatisfaction or whatever it is, yeah. which is sinful. So then we begin by, through that conversation, to receive the grace that is already with us. The Bible says, Jesus said, my grace is enough. And if we really get into grace and just stop right there, if it's enough, then there is no more that's needed. But that means that it's enough to where when you're ready to let him have it, he's going to take what? it, have that, that, uh, that issue given over to him. Break that oath to... to uh, to say, okay, in my weakness, I can't do anything with this. Instead of saying, I'm going to change this. This is where I was hoping it would go um, directly to that verse, because for a long time, um, you know, the Chris Tomlin song, your grace is enough, your grace is enough. I'm just like, Very dude, pretty. I don't even know what you're saying. <laughs> I don't even, I don't, I do not even know what you're saying. First, I didn't understand what grace was. And secondly, I didn't understand what it was enough. Your grace is enough. Okay. Uh, huh? Like, what does that even mean? Yeah. And I was asking God that, like, two weeks ago. And I was like, God, I still don't even know what that means. And we were having a meeting the other day, and it, it came up, you know. I think you said in passing to somebody else, if you understand that his grace is enough to keep me pure, it snapped everything together for me Mm. in that, you know, his grace is enough. How do how do I want to God's grace is more than enough to keep me from myself. It's more than enough to stop me from from doing what I don't want to do. I, I, it's the power in your life. It's the power in your walk. It is the absolute essence of life that why Christ died, so that we could absorb him. I mean, I don't want to sound silly, but it's true. We are to become like him. I mean, we're new creations in Christ. So therefore, if we are filled with this grace that holds us together, that gives us the power, that wraps around our very problems, that he died so that he said, I already know you're going to have a problem, but I've covered it. He doesn't want us to go out and experience our problem just because he's covered it, because I'd be abusing him and, and what he did on the cross. But it would certainly be reasonable that if we keep falling into our oath of I'm not going to do this anymore and we hold on to it like... You're not letting him work. You're not letting him work, but his grace still covers that and he's still wrapped around you. It's You're just... You're never going to get outside of that and he's just waiting for you to realize where you're standing. Like you said before, it's all positional. Where are you standing? And when mm-hmm. you let go and you... Instead, if you can picture... 
looking at your fist that's clenched tightly, holding on to that issue, and all around you is all the answers and all the grace and all the love. Well, when you take your eyes off your fist and look out and look up, you realize where you are, and automatically, without even trying, your hand opens, and it lets go. And that's where he says... His grace is enough. It's enough for you to go through the problem, hold on to your problem, and let go of your problem. I don't even like the word enough. I like the, the word the way it translates, uh, sufficient. My grace is sufficient for you. Mm-hmm. My grace is sufficient for... I just... I, I love that. It... Uh, I think that you're right. It says it much better. Enough is sort of a, a quantitative type of thing mm-hmm. where sufficient means it's sufficient. It's plenty. There, mm-hmm. it's, it's not a meted out uh, measurement mm-hmm. like enough sounds like. Right. So I, I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to say something. I lost it. Back to the... Being pure. Bring it back, Visser. <laughs> yeah, I lost it. Well, that's okay. The The conversation I, uh, that we had, I love the example that was brought up with where grace is and what God wants to do to bless us and staying in a place of blessing. And the example to share with everybody was the kitchen. And you've got this nice kitchen and all the counter space. And then uh, you start bringing in things that you want to do. And you start going your own way. So you start filling the counters with dirty dishes. And that takes away space for God to set a blessing. You know, he wants to bless us. And as we're trying to hold on to, well, I'll get this done, or I can fix that, or there's, there's plenty of room for other things, all of a sudden, we fill those counters with more and more dirty dishes, which takes us out of a place where God can bless. You know, he can't, he's not going to set all that fresh food on top of dirty dishes. And when we're ready to really let go of that and say, Lord, I need you, I need you, to, I need you, to, I need you to clean, to have this change in my life, whatever it is, he's right there to, in one swoop, clean the whole counter, clean the whole kitchen for you. He's not going to make you go back through and touch every one of those dishes that you've stacked up of iniquity or promise mm-hmm. or oath or whatever. He's going to wipe it all out and say, there you go. It's clean. Oh, and by the way, I put out a magnificent spread for you. Come and enjoy. That's right. how good God is to us. He's not waiting for us to clean ourselves up, fix the counter, make it right, you know, like our parents would maybe <laughs> in an earthly way. He wants to clean it up. He does. And then lay out a banquet spread that is just unbelievable for us. Right. Yeah, I like to think of um, this in the palace, like how, how, you know, how I sometimes I like to picture myself living in God's house because you know that's that's where we are. We're seated with Him in in the heavenlies, and um, you know, just kind of whatever it applies to. You know, it's, 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 it's always related to son and father. You know, I am, I am God's son and I am learning how to let him be my father less than I'm learning how to act like a son because in letting him learn and letting, in learning how to be and letting, (laughs) 
myself learn how to let him be a father. That's it. And learning how to let him be a father right. to me. I'm learning how to be a son. If I'm learning how to be a son, then I'm just trying to fix myself. Instead of, you know, when I know who he is, I will learn who I am because he will teach me. And that certainly is what a walk with God is, right? Right. And and relating that to the kitchen thing, you know, I would think that um, I, you know, if I, if I stop him from coming in and cleaning the kitchen and I'm staying in the kitchen and I, you know, I'm, I'm staying in my sin and I'm staying trying to make oaths and I'm staying hands on with the problem and trying, trying to fix whatever it is, then I can't let him come in and clean. I can't let him come in and lay fresh blessings in my life. But I'm saying, no, it's okay. I'll reuse these dishes. I, I'm, I'm fine. And he's like, well, seriously, just, just move out of the way and I'll clean up everything and I'll, I'll make dinner. It's okay. Um, but I'm like, no, that I was raised to, you know, you do your dishes, you use your own, you know, just kind of, kind of that elaborate, elaborate setup. And when I finally, all right, I'm sick of the way this place smells. He's like, okay. And it's all done. And it, it really is that quick. I mean, just like how uh, the apostles, were rowing for like what it says, it says hours. Right. They were rowing for hours, and then Jesus stepped in the boat. It was a calm, and they were instantly on the other side of the shore. It, yeah, God they, can they take could have been there all the time. God can take hours, days, months, or years of struggle, and set you on the other side of the shore in in, in an instant. Like. That's so, that's so great. And it's so true to this because, you know, I, when, in my struggles, I struggled with pornography and all that for, for a long time in, um, you know, it's, it, and I wasn't victorious in it. But when I realized that I didn't have to struggle against it, that Jesus conquered it at the cross, that he crushed all of that, I was, I was free from struggling against it, and that freed him up to work in my life. Not to say that I didn't screw up, because I did. Sure. But you know it, and it, not to say that it wasn't a hard, a hard walk. But he, he just step by step. Led me out every at every time when I was like, I'm not gonna do this. I'm not gonna do this. I'm not gonna do this. Every time, fall flat on my face, and that's that's literally and it's with everything, even in um, just normal conversation. Like I can't tell you how many times I've come up on, you know, a couple of Christian girls talking about something, and they'd be like, oh, I'm never gonna get an abortion. I, if I got pregnant, I would never do that. Oh, really? Really? You think so? You think so? 
making those those oaths and personal promises in the morning, I you know, I'm going to get up and go to the gym. I'm going to eat healthier tomorrow. Are you? Are you really? Because uh, my Bible says you're not. Right. Especially when you talk like that. Lord, I really hope that if I ever was in that situation, that I wouldn't react that way. And thank you that your grace would keep me from reacting that way. Lord, I, I've been eating unhealthy lately. And I can't do it by myself. I need you to help me to make those decisions because your grace is sufficient to get me through that and to make those good choices. Lord, I don't want to, I, I really want to go to the gym tomorrow. But if it's about me, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to be able to go because I wake up in the morning feeling like a slug and I won't have your strength resting in me to get me there. So please get me there. When we make it about us in any kind of resolution, it has no weight. When it's, when it's our strength getting us through whatever it is that we're trying to get through or to do or to do more of or less of, it has no weight. Or even when you're saying, you know, I never want to be like my mom. I will never be like my mom. Or I will never be like my dad. Or whatever. You know, that's a common one. That's a big one. And guess what people do? They don't surrender that to God. And they end up being just like their parents. Because they're focused on the what they don't want to be. Mm-hmm. So, if you're focused on what you don't want to be, it's like driving a car. If I'm focused on I don't want to go over that cliff well don't focus on the road straight ahead focus on the fact there's a corner and make the turn yeah and it's just like uh hebrews says you know i will take away their consciousness of sins or it says something to that effect i don't have it in front of me but being sin conscious in any facet even if it's in a noble facet of i don't want to be that way right when you take it so far as to make a promise to yourself to not be that way, you shoot yourself in the foot. Even like a, like a like celibacy, with the, what people go through with mm-hmm. promising to God to never have sex again. <laughs> Name one place in the Bible where there was a covenant made where God made somebody else promise him something. Even in the old covenant, when um, I believe it was, was it Jacob or Isaac that went to sleep and God cut apart the animals and he passed in the midst of them. I think it was, I think it was Jacob. Um, but he put Jacob to sleep and did the, did the covenant without him. He said, I will do this. I will bless you. I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. Right, the whole, the Bible's filled with it. That's the and, whole covenant. And Jesus, you know, come to me, and I will give you rest. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's never about pledge yourself to me. Well, I mean, it is, but not in the sense of making your life better. Right, not making promises and oaths. Again, that turns into religion because we are we are pledged to Christ we're we're, already, we're we're already sealed that's right by his blood by his blood not by our own choices right 
were sealed for the day of redemption by the blood of the lamb. But, you know, um, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, you're saved by grace through faith, not a result of works, lest any man should boast. You know, um, and that's our walk too. Yeah, that, that is our walk. That that's, is our walk. That's a perfect picture of our walk. Yes. So we're not trying to make God happy by making a promise of what we're going to do to change ourselves. And that's like you've been saying, that is a recipe for disaster. Or even if God, you know, asks something in our life that we're holding on to and we're like, okay, you know, God, you've asked me to lay this down. I'm going to lay it down and I'm, I'm going to, I can't wait to, to lay it down at your feet. And, you know, it's, it becomes, that even becomes something. That's right. It becomes a work. It becomes a work. It becomes a pledge. Like Mm -hmm. I will, I will lay this down. Right. And it's like, dude, you can't even lay something down at the cross without his help. That's right. Don't, don't, don't tell me that. And how frustrating, how frustrating a life to go on and on and on over and over and over, just picking up and carrying the same thing that he keeps just saying, let go of, let me take care of this for you. Listen to what I have to say Mm -hmm. and follow my direction. I will straighten your path. Don't try to straighten it for yourself. Yeah, and it's a it's a hard it's a hard concept to to grasp, even for me, to think that you know I wake up in the morning and I you know thinking I want to pray, I'm gonna pray, or you know I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, and I'm already I'm already said I am by saying I am or I will. In, in a sense of, um, it, 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 I, like if it com- becomes a sense of duty, right? Then it's a work. It's then law. it's a work, and it's so it's so easy to get there. It is. It's hard to stay in grace. Mm-hmm. Like it's simple to stay in grace. Just essentially take yourself, your flesh, out of the equation, and let God's grace rule in your life. Oh, that's simple. Simplicity. Let God reign everything in your life. Okay, simplicity. Difficulty level through the roof. Like it's not easy. But it's and But it's it, so good and it's recognizable. God's make it made it to where it's recognizable. So when we uh get to that place where it's like, okay, well, I I I have to read my Bible this much a day and I have to pray this much and I have to go and see these people and I have to volunteer and I have to do this at work. God's given us the eyes to see what we're doing Mm -hmm. so that we can back off of that. So we can turn that over to him and say, Lord, you know, I'm just not resting in you. I'm, you know, help me in this area. I've definitely noticed that too. Like in my own life, the more that I I walk in his grace and the more that, you know, I, I learn about myself and him as, as my father, the more I start to realize, like, oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Okay, there's there's something going on here. There's right. there's something not right. I'm not resting. I'm filled with anxiety. Like, okay, what's wrong? If there is something wrong, if there is something wrong, Lord, then show me what it is. You know, I, I recognize how I feel, and this is a product of this lie in my life. You know, it it just takes walking with him, and he will show you all these things. Right. And it's... Like Jeremiah 33, uh, 3, um, 
I actually want to pull that up. Give me a second. And that goes to um, the, it's starting in an iniquity, meaning in some sort of a sin or maybe just a, a need that, that we have that uh, God wants to work with us. And before we take it to that point of oath where we are going to say that we're going to control it, we're going to change it, we're going to make it right, that we hand it over to the Lord and we take our hands off of it and put it in his hands. That's what we're talking about. There's always decisions to make. There are other things that are uh, referred to as strongholds in our life uh, that are very powerful, difficult decisions. Like, like with getting out of pornography, that's a stronghold in one's life. Uh, but it turns into a personal oath like you described when we say, I'm going to stop this. I'm not going to do it. And, and mm -hmm. we pick up that iniquity and that, that pain, and we've, we've got it too tightly. So, And it is painful. It's so it painful, painful to live that way. It, it is. Like, you live under guilt and shame. Like, I'd, I'd honestly forgotten wh how, how painful that was until we were just talking about that. Like, that was so painful for me to live that way. Like, I can't, I can't, even, I can't even describe how, how hard a life that is, especially when you think God is disappointed in you every turn when all he's saying is, I'm not disappointed in you. Mm -hmm. I just want you to lay down trying so hard. I've already conquered it. Quit trying so hard to please me. Um, and again, get out of the guilt and the shame that traps you. Well, that's easy to say. But when you lay it down, as we know, God starts, he does teach you how to live free of the guilt and shame. That's the point if I was you, making. It's a process. It's yeah. not just get out. It's, no. it's a process to, to learn. We, right. But you need to get out. We, we, you, we all have to be free of guilt and shame. Yeah. And, and Christ is for Jeremiah 33, 3, uh, called, uh, well, I'll start with verse 2. Thus says the Lord who made the earth, the Lord who formed it to establish it. The Lord is his name. The capitals is Jehovah, Yahweh. Uh, verse 3, Call to me, and I will answer you, and I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. Great and mighty things also translates to deep and unsearchable. Like, if we just ask him, Lord, show me the way that I tick so that I can recognize when I'm slipping in the works. Show me the way you know, that this works. Show me, show me something deep and unsearchable so that I can surrender to you more fully and let you into my life even further. And he will. That's a promise. Call to me and I will answer you. I will tell you great and mighty things, deep and unsearchable things, which you do not know. Like, that's a big deal. And Deep and unsearchable means that you can't find it out. Right. You can't find it out in your own strength. And that's, that's a fact. Well, that's what the Holy Spirit was given for us to do, to be our teacher and our guide, right? So he's the one who reveals. And then, you know, God heals. <laughs> you know, and when we don't pick it up on our own and try to carry ourselves and try to doctor ourselves then he's able to do the work. So I think it's just um, a great opportunity to think about that and to be aware 
And let God make you aware of when you're holding on to something, when, when the Holy Spirit reveals or if you're walking into a difficult situation or sin, um, let him show you and don't try to grab hold of it for yourself and make it better. Let God do the work. Let the grace that he's provided be your sufficiency. Mm. And you will, like you said, be on the other shore because he's going to take us through storms, but we're not meant to focus on the storm or stay there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Amen. Well, um, that's all that we have for today. So thanks for tuning in. We hope to hope to hear from you and tune in next time for Free Indeed Radio. <laughs> thanks, everybody. Yeah, so as always, go out and change somebody's mind about God. Thank you for listening to Free Indeed Radio. Send us your prayer requests, comments, and suggestions to freeindeedco at gmail.com. We would love to hear how the Lord has touched your life and rejoice with you. Don't forget to sign up to follow us by email on the website and get our app from the Google Play Store. Free Indeed is listener-supported, and we invite you to come check out how you can support us through our website at www.freeindeedco.com. Free Indeed Ministries believes that your tithes belong to your local church, and we receive your donations as offerings to support the mission of Free Indeed to advance the gospel of grace throughout the world. The Lord bless you as you go into your world and change someone else's mind about God.